Hi everyone, thanks for joining the show this week. It's week two. Last week we had the flawed journey, Emma on. Uh, this week we've got um, a friend of mine who um, currently trains at SBG Gym in Sydney, Australia, Alfred, um, aspiring MMA fighter. Welcome, Alfred. Welcome. Why did I say welcome? Yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> Yeah, it's a bit nervous for me as well. This is uh, the second week that we've done it. And before you even came on, I was saying to Emma, I was like, fuck, I shit myself. Like, I'm going to stutter. I'm going to make up some stupid words. I'm going to make up <laughs> fucking anything that I can think of at the top of my head. <laughs> um, my only that, fear is that talking is one of my strong suits and is a thing I've mastered very well. So, like, <laughs> if I just start rambling and just going on, I will, especially about fighting, I can go into start some tangent just like you can cut me off it's not rude at all no definitely no I won't um, that's good too as well like I want people just to talk about what they love and what their passion is um, I don't know if you heard the podcast last week but me and Emma were just talking absolute shit we went on for two, like two hours <laughs> uh, I think I, I heard about like the first 30 minutes yeah and then I don't. I barely remember. I am. Yeah, I'm on like five hours sleep. <laughs> Memory and plus add some very sufficient CPE from getting punched in the face. Memory is my is not my strong suit. <laughs> You're gonna start sounding like Max Holloway. <laughs> I think. I think words wise, I'll be fine. Is just remembering people after they introduce themselves to me twenty seconds later. I'm already there. <laughs> yeah. I'm already at like ah, I'm blah blah blah. You haven't hit me in the face long enough for me to remember your name, but please leave. <laughs> no, definitely true, man. Um, well, anyway, I'll get the ball rolling. Do you want to just um, sort of introduce yourself on how you started MMA? How long ago was it? Uh, what drove you to sort of get into MMA? And if I could even say the word. And <laughs> um, yeah, let's just go with that. Yeah, um, I started, what happened, I was, I finished high school, I specifically remember like a conversation where I was like trying to get a gap year going, and African parents, that, that's not a thing that exists, <laughs> so I'm just like, mainly because like, I had everyone else, you know in the start of high school you start getting your five year plan or shit like that, or like yeah. what do you want to be, and at first when you're told this in like year seven, and no one has a fucking idea of what they want to be. There's the occasional kid who knows what he wants to be. There's the people who are bullshitting, and then there's the people who don't know. And the teacher's always like, it's okay. You, you don't have to know right now. Yeah. I dragged that on until year 12, and the teacher went from, it's okay, to like, you're leaving here next year. You probably should know what you want to do. <laughs> and school finished, and I didn't know what I wanted to do. At the time, it's hilarious the juxtaposition of, what I've become now and what I was. Like my sole goal was like make just enough money that I can live in my parents in my parents' house in my basically my basement and play video games. I just need anything to fund my video game and anime watching habit so I can ignore the world. That's a good job. That was it. <laughs> oh yeah. And then I started I, I was always into uh, fighting. Like I always watched uh, the old school kung fu movies and shit and I was always into fighting games and I just loved that yeah. idea of fighting and I was a huge WWE fan 
like I liked the WWE and professional wrestling because I just there wasn't any real fighting mm-hmm. that kind of matched that kind of um, like those old kung fu movies. There wasn't anything where the guy with this kind of style fights that kind of style. And I didn't even know about the UFC or MMA. And even when you watched it back then, it was like super rudimentary boxing. Yeah. Good jiu-jitsu. But even then, at that point, like 2010, jiu-jitsu had become like, if you can sprawl and get up, the jiu-jitsu kind of nullified. And then you got yeah. like really good sort of kickboxing going on. I think that was that was Anderson's uh, sort of reign back when it's like, if you got really good kickboxing, you're going to win. It was right before the wrestlers jumped in. Uh, GSP didn't help much when it came to like me jumping into MMA because he was like perfect but it was at all the things that I didn't enjoy about fighting it wasn't like I was watching someone like when I watched Anderson Silva to me is the greatest of all time solely because when you watch Anderson Silva fight it genuinely feels like he isn't afraid of a single thing that's happening there like when you watch Jordan playing basketball at no point do you see on Jordan's face like oh I don't know what to do next <laughs> yeah. genuinely like I have not only do I have control even when you score on me or when you win the game I knew every single step that happened to you winning the game it was nothing caught me by surprise but you know when he was in his just to interrupt you there like, it seemed like you could it seemed like you could breathe yeah. in the wrong direction and Anderson knew you were going to breathe in that direction well Anderson was fucking brilliant in that fight against Adasanya even though he did lose but like I can understand what you're saying like he just goes in with that like sort of smug look but it's because he knows he's the best in the world even though he's obviously aged and that console fighting you get a bit slower and stuff like that there but he still was doing his like cocky moves and doing his like smug looks and stuff like that there so it's really good to uh, to still see that he hasn't lost that that guy his later career now after the Weidman stuff is getting so underappreciated mm-hmm. because everyone is just assuming oh he's old he's over the hill yeah everything he's doing now which if he was doing it in his prime I'm talking not the win the end result that's one of the problems if you were winning and the end result it'd be appreciated more but everything he was doing if he was doing some of that stuff midway through his fights as part of the prime people would be like whoa that's some matrix stuff yeah like when you see him um, fighting Bisbing in the match that he lost there's uh, this thing this silly thing where he's like doing this a whole bunch and <laughs> yeah. he's like oh Anderson is right. doing silly shit but <laughs> there was a video I watched of that in super slow motion and while Bisbing is like faint go 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 and he'll throw a punch and he's mixing his strikes in with so many different faces which is Anderson's general style was that he'd counter punch you so he'd wait for yeah. you to throw a shot and the, like McGregor. the way you beat a counter puncher is you faint you faint first and then they move to the direction they were going to dodge that punch and then you punch him either right where they moved to or you punch him when their head has to come back to the original spot right. so if you throw a punch and I dip this way you've missed that punch I can hit you again but if you fake a punch and I dip this way then you throw the jab it hits yeah. you square in the face and that's how you can catch him but Anderson was managing to time Michael Bisping as he was fainting and you can't time someone's punches when they're fainting because you don't know they're coming now yeah. too many feints you could time them and slide them off of the elbow and there was this amazing gif I saw that I was like if that was him in his prime and he had won that fight that would be the most replayed gif ever he blocked almost every single strike and just chin rolled 
slightly. Do you know who taught him that? that Do you know who taught him that, Mister Seagal? (laughs) 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 Good old Stephen. That was some weak. I think it was all. I think he said Philippine boxing though. Oh, yeah, okay. people were like, that's Wing Chun shit. Like, I think he genuinely, the reason Anderson for me is like one of my favorites is because it seems like that thing where, which I grew up on with martial arts, the idea, the seemingly absurd idea of martial arts that everything kind of works, mm-hmm. open your mind to it, and then let yourself pick apart what works for you. And he went to do Philippine boxing. Like, Anderson still, um, Adesanya was going for low kicks during that fight. Yeah. And Anderson found a way to check a low kick that let him step forward and into his opponent's range as opposed to standing completely still. Yeah. He'd um, take his leg and he'd just turn it and straighten it. And with that happening, if your leg is here and I'm constantly bashing in, that's going to hurt. But if I do this at the same time, your leg's going to slide up. Right. And that force is going to be taken away. I thought it was bullshit, and then I did it in sparring, and it works. <laughs> you have to time it right, and that's the other thing with all these techniques that he was doing, is it showed you, even in his old days, his timing is just still there, yeah. because you, you have to time all the everything works if you have the timing. Yeah. If you have the timing, you can make someone, you can do Michael Venom page shit, you can have your hands down and bounce around and act silly. I was actually going to say something there to you. You actually remind me of Michael Venom Page, like the way you have your stance and stuff like that, and like with your hands down low and like the cocky like smile whenever someone like misses a jab or someone hits you. (laughs) I I think like, I'll never, I I think I'm like a white belt at striking, which from what you see, you're probably like, nah, you're probably a blue belt. I'm like, I think I'm a white belt at striking techniques because I think I'm a like a purple belt at mind games. Because my brain is running at a thousand miles an hour when it comes to fighting. Yeah. Like, I think about it every day. I think about it every moment. But I also know how to mentally fuck with people. Yeah. Because I happen to like psychology and I happen to watch people a lot. Because yeah. I was an introverted person. So my thing was like to watch people and watch how they react and what they So I know how to mess with people mentally. So when I'm tired, the most, one of the like craziest tricks you can do when you're super tired to the point you can't lift your hand is put your hands down and step forward with an aggressive posture. Yeah. Because it makes the other guy think, fuck, this guy must be so good right now. He thinks he's going to hit me either way. He's going to counter me. <laughs> and all of a sudden, they start punching you and they start stepping back away from you, yeah. letting you breathe while you have your hands down just being like, fuck, I'm so tired right now. <laughs> so I like messing with people like that. Like, yeah. I know different tricks to mess with people in the moment. The current thing I'm doing now is now that my cardio is like up to a certain point since I've been kind of training through most of quarantine Mm because I want to just mentally break people just by keeping such a high pace but a pace that I can maintain that seems like I'm going fast but to me it's like one, two, one, two, one, two but to the other guy because I'm adding a bunch of different mind games and constantly pressuring and relieving and then missing and eating shots and even when they do throw shots I like just slip it and I'm walking in or I'm eating it I'm still walking in I like that point where Someone just want to, wants to stop throwing punches because they're now really tired because they forgot to breathe. Mm-hmm. Like, you're, you're dealing with so much shit coming at you. You haven't even been hit once, but you're now all of a sudden tired because you've been holding your breath the entire time. Yeah. You felt like you had to dodge everything. And that's fun to do. Well, I feel but like yeah, you're on like a different uh, tempo. Like, whenever I train with you, it's, um, like, we'll have, like, a bit of, like, 
talking to each other because I feel like it makes it more fun you don't just want to go in and like spar against someone and like not talk because I feel it's good to like bullshit each other and like know sort of where your head's at but like for me whenever I do spar against you it's like it feels like you're on a different tempo whereas like I'm sort of trying to do all the foundational things and then I think like you're on that next level where you're like one two three one two three whereas like I'm like one two three three one two one two three like like it's going all over the place do you get what I mean so yeah I 100% and I get that's one of the things where it's like um it's a hard thing to impart is like it seems that way but fighting is so mental it's what I've learned like I I think Besides my foot, your first fight is the only fight where you genuinely just kind of fight on how physically strong you are, how much cardio you have, and how good your technique is. Okay. Everything after that, like, technically, my fights, I was using the same patterns and techniques. It's just mentally, I knew when to mess with someone the right way, pressure in the right way, mentally not. And there's a thing with fighting where if someone feels like you are the alpha to them, even if they feel like they want to win that spar, yeah. if someone feels like that guy's going to be way better on them, the moment you're thinking that, you're now two steps behind me because everything you do from that moment of that you thought that is laced with, I should throw a jab, but he's two steps ahead of me and he's better than me. Yeah. I'm going to throw the jab now. Oh, I missed. <laughs> I should slip before he hit me, but he's two steps ahead of me, so he's probably going to hit me with this. Oh, I ate a head kick. How could this happen? He's on at such a higher level. It's really just a game like that. But also there's a thing where I think freedom in... I like talking when sparring. I guess with the, I got to like pick and choose who I talk to because mm-hmm. some guys take a sparring session, maybe for them it's a progression test. I don't... Since I, I, since I started competing... I've realized the difference, what an actual progression test is. Like, jiu-jitsu is a prog- uh, jiu-jitsu tournament, and uh, those MTA days, the kickboxing mess, those are a real progression test. If you want to see how good you have gotten, those are the best way to do it. Yeah. Where you don't even need to take crazy amounts of damage by taking an actual profile. You can just take those little MTA days, and you'll realize, because without them, you don't know what doesn't really work. Mm-hmm. And you kind of, like in sparring, there's not, you don't have a large group of people watching you. One, you don't have a guy who's genuinely trying to hurt you at full force. Even a guy who's being a dick in the gym isn't trying at that much. And even if they were, you know, you have that little face, you know, like Ben probably will get involved. Yeah. Someone will get involved. Because he, <laughs> like, your mind is not on, like, this is some life or death shit I need. You, that's why adrenaline doesn't pump out during a spar. Yeah, I find that as well actually see whenever you're talking about that whenever I done my first couple of spars it was like you said like you're nervous and stuff like that there you don't know what you're doing I didn't find that any adrenaline came to me at all and I don't think I've actually had any adrenaline whilst training that SBG like whenever I've like had a fight on the street or something like that there whenever I was younger and stupid like I did feel the adrenaline like rushing through my fucking like my body oh yeah you feel it yeah but like during sparring, you don't yeah. feel that at all, which is good, obviously. Yeah, yeah, you, you definitely don't feel it. If you're feeling it, that means either you have some anxiety or someone, whoever you're trying to spar, you, you're feeling a genuine threat. Yeah. But, um, um, like when fighting, 
when adrenaline does two things one you don't feel any pain but it also can lock you up mm. like there's a bunch if you're trained in a bunch of techniques and you maybe you've been silly the entire time you've let your technique flow because you want to get more flowy and in your flow techniques as yeah. opposed to sticking to the fundamentals because you do have to do that also you've got to explore the more creative side of your striking and your, your jiu-jitsu and fighting in general because if you don't the guy with the perfect fundamental doesn't win all the time that's that's kind of a myth because you could have the perfect fundamentals but if you never got to adjust to what your body type is and the kind of pace you can set you're limiting your your potential like you might be able to set a high enough cardio pace that no one can match you but because you're sticking to the same fundamental of 112 112 yeah. make sure it's this make sure it's that you never got to explore that level um, you might have a faster reaction time but you never got to explore if you stay too rigid it could hurt you, but if you go way too loose, it could hurt you even. It will hurt you even more than staying too rigid. That's why you're usually taught to be completely rigid at first, mm-hmm. and then you'll naturally start finding the grooves and the holes where you want to explore your creativity with your yeah. striking. But um, that's that's yeah, actually so true. Whenever I started training, like it was just like thinking of okay, I'll do a couple of jabs, I'll do a couple of crosses, I'll throw in maybe a kick at the end to do like a combo. And then I was completely forgetting about defense. And then as the weeks like sort of came on, and we were doing like uh, bobbing and weaving, slipping, um, and then we were utilizing the combos more. Whenever I, it was probably like my like tenth or fifteenth spar. Like you just said, I sort of had like my own rhythm, and you 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 could feel it whenever you have your own rhythm, and it's weird like to try and tell that to someone else who doesn't obviously like train. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 every body type is different, and every every person mentally is also different. Every person can play a different game based off of the type of mentality that they have. And it, finding your own sort of rhythm is one of the most important parts of like getting better at striking. And mm-hmm. it, it also you find your rhythm in a spa in the gym, but then you also have to find your rhythm. I like it in an MTA day, which is kind of controlled because you'll have the pillows on your head, the pillows on your hands, you'll have yeah. that body bag. It's controlled because now you're finding your rhythm when there's adrenaline flowing. Because if you, you can practice all the techniques you want. You can practice all the silly ones, all the proper techniques, and have it be really stiff and straight and like rigid and all that, and you have the per- techniques perfect in sparring. But there's a bunch of guys, you'll see them, um, uh, in the UFC, who you always hear like, "Oh man, in the gym that guy's a monster," but then the fight comes and yeah, that's so true. Because when adrenaline starts shooting through your system, like I haven't, uh, there's a few different kicks I've thrown, but there's like that one that you, I probably hit you with it, and I've hit a bunch of people with it, where I have maybe my hand down and I dare you to come forward, and then I just lift the front leg up and it slaps you in the face. Yeah, I've seen that. As you come in, I just look back in place. I've done that so many times. I haven't done that once. Is that a question mark kick you're doing? That is a... Huh? Is that a question Uh, mark kick? Not a question mark. No, it's not. The lead leg head kick. Oh, okay, okay. The leg up in front just comes up. Like, you throw straight, and as you're throwing straight, I'm leaning back, and my front leg just comes in and hits you in the face. (laughs) It just so... I use it usually as a slap during the spot, but I haven't... It's a really good technique that I can generate a lot of power, and I have a lot of control of it. Mm-hmm. But I haven't done it in a fight ever because it just, the adrenaline is there and it's just coursing through and it's trying to, you're basically, adrenaline is like this giant fucking ocean 
Yeah. And you're a rock. And it's going <laughs> to erode you into whatever shape. You know, like all your foundation, all your training, that all that is is trying to keep that rock from just crumbling and becoming nothing and useless yeah. during the fight and letting you get swamped through. So you can, you, when you spar, you do those MTA days and you do those like basic amateur fights. Yeah. You're starting to sharpen that rock to figure out what you're like during an actual a straight up fight. Yeah. And that's the best part, even for, for especially for self-defense, you just get to realize what you're like when you genuinely have um, adrenaline running through your system, when you feel like there's actual stakes at hand. You'll yeah. fight more like you fight at that fight than you would in a spa. Well, and see, actually, on that note, with everything you want. See you on that though with the adrenaline. I've got a, uh, I've got a funny story. I was up in Queensland and uh, we were at a waterfall and it was like, uh, like it was like a natural like slide. So it wasn't man made. So it was just like all like gangrene on the rocks and shit like that there. But you could like slide down it. But at the back there was a large waterfall and like sort of like a plunge pool. And there was a cliff and me and my friend went up to the cliff and we were like, okay, do you want to jump in? And, I, and then we were both like sort of debating it and then the adrenaline start rising up and then I was just like, I need to fucking do this or I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to overthink and then my adrenaline will go back down. So when I had the adrenaline, ran off, jump on the cliff and landed in the water. All my adrenaline just went down and like you said, I just froze all my body just it didn't move and i was like oh my god i'm gonna fucking sink <laughs> so next thing i was like what should i do what should i do then i sort of got my like brain ticking and i was like right i'll lie on my back get my breath back so i started getting my breath back and then the tingling started disappearing and i like swam over and i just grabbed on ledge and then i took a big breather and then the next thing i swam back over to like safety and I was just, whenever you said that there about the fighting, like, you need to know how to manage your adrenaline. There's some people who fucking don't have a clue, and they could just go straight up, and then they could just go straight down, and you don't have it anymore. Oh, yeah. Adrenaline is, like, adrenaline is a really, I finally got in the point where I can manage it. Uh, I think, huh, with my kickboxing, I, I, I could time exactly when I wanted it to trigger. Yeah. I get it to trigger, I get my adrenaline to trigger right as I'm about to walk into the ring. Yeah. I think with me, what happens is, for me, mentally, I can I don't get stressed much, but that's mostly because I can deal with any situation that I understand the parameters. That's the way my brain works. That's why mm-hmm. I like fighting as much as I do. Do you feel like that's like, because you've been doing jiu-jitsu? Huh? Could you repeat that? Do you think it's because whenever you're doing jiu-jitsu, you're learning how to breathe and like you're under stressful situations and like you're using your mind to calm your body down? Not even... Not really. I think I've always been like that. My brain, if I'm in a situation like, um, funny enough, I'll give you a little quick. Do you, uh, if you had to pick one time I was stressed during the build-up to my first MMA fight, can you guess which fight it would have been? Like stressed, one fight out of your mind? Or anxious. Yeah, okay. And the, trying to think. Was it whenever you first got told you were going to fight? No. Okay. Fine. Okay, I lost it. Let's I, had go. The, I had the experience of the kickboxing and I had like 50 jiu-jitsu matches then. So it, and also, yeah, so like, it was basically when I went to the weigh-in. Right. And, there was a, and you wonder why I was stressed and anxious? Because at first I thought like, I thought the first feeling you get when you go to a fight, I was like, wait a minute, 
Am I not? Should I not belong here? Are these all all these people are savages, and I'm a fucking a nerd who was on my couch, <laughs> <laughs> like in my parents' house playing video games, like a year into ago. <laughs> Like I remember that vividly. I shouldn't be here. Yeah. And these people are like this guys who training with Adesanya and Adesanya's coaches there and stuff like that. Volkanovski was there. Like I'm like. Should I be in a room filled with a bunch of crazy <laughs> Do I belong here? And then I like weighed in in my jeans, and then I found myself walking out. I didn't eat any any of the food. I probably should have, mm-hmm. but like my brain was just kind of like, yeah, get out of the situation, get out of the situation. And I'm like, fuck, maybe I am a giant fucking pussy. And I'm walking <laughs> out, and then I just have this shit eating grin on my face, and I'm wondering why I'm having this shit eating grin. Part of me went, ah, you haven't a shit in grin because you get to run away now and now no one can see you. <laughs> and then the other part of my brain was like, oh, I just never, I'd never been in that situation before. Like, I'd never gone to see a life fight, let yeah. alone never gone to see a waste. So yeah. my brain had no parameters of what that situation was at all. Mm-hmm. So for it, it was like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. I don't know who these people are or what the protocol, I don't know what the steps and the protocol it's yeah. supposed to happen here. Is, yeah. Are you supposed to just take your clothes off and then step, like, Get naked. I know exactly what they are saying-wise, but I have no experience of it. So my brain, because I'm an introvert, my brain likes to like map out possible scenarios for how things would happen, confrontations, conversations, you name it. Wait, can I just like, say, can I just oh, pause yeah. you there? Are Did you, you say you're an introvert? Uh, yes. <laughs> I might seem... Yeah, but I shut up! Like an extrovert in the gym. I'm an extrovert when I'm sparring. Right, when okay. I'm like at home or not at home, I have logged in thousands of hours in one week on a video game. Okay, fair, like, fair enough. I do that easily. Yeah. <laughs> without even trying. Like, I have to actively tell myself to keep doing shit that's so active that my body wants to keep doing active shit. Right. Because if I stop it from doing active shit for a week, Getting it to get up and do shit again is the hardest thing I can do. So the only reason I'm as active as I am and it seems like I'm an introvert, an extrovert, is because I just force myself to get up and go and make sure my body every day is kind of active. So, so do you like used to being active? So whenever the uh, coronavirus came in, did you were you worried at all with like gym shutting and stuff like that there, or what was your brain thinking then? Luckily, I had a friend of mine who, uh, who we were still playing basketball with as the corona, as the was shutting down. It was like they shut down the basketball court, but we, we were playing for like a week as it was starting to shut down, and then mm-hmm. they shut down the basketball court, and we just moved over to where we're training now at Olympic Park, and right. I just we bought some pads and started hitting pads. Oh, so yeah, I've seen the videos. Relatively consistent. Yeah. Luckily. You look good. Yeah, otherwise, yeah, that would have been a... But oh, then again, I... I did, I did lounge around for like a good three weeks yeah, until of I course. forced myself to get up. <laughs> for a good three weeks then, I was doing nothing. Yeah. I would like wake up, play video games. Uh, luckily, I still had work and then I go to work, come back, lay yeah. down. And then I'm like, I should at least get, I started forcing myself like right before my shower, shadow box for like an hour or two. Okay. I'd force myself to do that and that started like, you just need one thing to get, to get it going and you force yourself to do it. Yeah. And even then, I eventually just, like, stopped doing it for months on end. And then I'm like, fuck, you should, you should do it again. <laughs> but, yeah, once I, got, once I got the pads and all that, training, getting to train one of my, my friends there, that was 
that was also like a different perspective of fighting. I got to see what it was like to um, to train someone and see the different things. And also while I'm like having him learn during the spot, do you, do you train people? Like, have you trained people in the past? Huh? Have you trained people in the past? No. So no, that was like the first before. guy. I have a whole adult cat at gradings uh, and stuff like that. I held your cat. Yeah, you did. But uh, I, I fucking beast. I haven't actively. <laughs> Huh? I was a beast. Broke your hands. <laughs> you were actually good, actually, now that I remember right. Oh, thanks for yeah, you. You don't have to you, say you that just because you're on you the were, podcast. You were really good. Well, there was you and then I think one other person. Some guy quit at the last one, if you call Oh, him. yeah, I remember seeing that. He shall not be named. Oh, <laughs> oh I love that. That was, that was fun. That, that was, was funny. Like, wait, what? You're, you're doing you're doing what now? <laughs> like I, I I I did migrating when like we had to do like a fucking fifteen hit combination at the end, and you had to do it over and over again for a good ten. And it was until everyone in the it, right. it was until everyone done it right. Yeah, that's right. Fuck it, hell. <laughs> yeah. So the one you the one you did was like I think Ben's cut it down fairly down to like an eight hit combo. Right. But oh, yeah, right. you're supposed to do uh, jab, straight, switch, kick, hook, kick, straight, kick, straight, switch, kick. That's where it ends right now. But when we did it, it was switch, kick, knee, straight, hook, kick, and, and it just kept going. Yeah. And I was like overweight, and I, I only managed to grade as quickly as I did because I had the prior experience. Like I been training myself for a while so Ben saw that and was like oh you've got some of the fundamentals down oh, that's and, good like I had no business being there I was gassed I was also a dummy who didn't realize that so my brain went okay you're going to be hitting Tad and Ben is going to be assessing you and if he doesn't assess you right you're going to have to go back and not you'll be a foundation you can't qualify for cap so because I wanted to like really qualify for cap during the jab session remember when you were doing jabs I was like yeah. lighting it down you don't want to burn out now. That's yes. That's why I burned out. Yes. Like, I, I was throwing jabs with perfect technique, but, like, I was tensing and throwing everything into it. Whole body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At the jab session. By the time he's like, now switch, now do it to uh, switch hand. <laughs> now throw the right hand behind it. Okay. <laughs> oh, fuck, maybe I made a mistake. Just, and sorry, just interrupt you. I was dead. For people who are listening, yeah. um, at SBG, there's foundation. Um, so like it's like for like the first 12 weeks whenever you start SBG. And then there's cap sessions, which is like when you can begin sparring. But in the foundations, you have to do a test at the end of the 12 weeks. And it's like 15 to 20 combinations, isn't it? So you're doing like jab, you're doing crosses, yeah. you're doing... Yeah, so yeah, but you start from the jab and you work your way up into the basic boxing combinations yeah. and then you go from that to knees and basic tie combinations and then basic kickboxing combination at the end yeah so what you were saying you were like whenever you were holding the pads for me you were like I was like going full pelt for the job and then you were like what the fuck is this dickhead doing you were like calm down and I was like okay yeah no worries <laughs> oh, no. to me it was like purely like hey man I know where you're coming from <laughs> I've been I've, I've been to the dark land <laughs> yeah, exactly. This story does not end well. <laughs> it ends with Ben going, "Do it right. You haven't done it right. Yeah, it. one more time. <laughs> Sixteen hit combination again." And I'm like, 
You don't understand. I've been going fairly hard since the jabs. <laughs> and he's like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> exactly. He's like, oh, you showed me you could do really good technique. Why the fuck haven't you kept it up? Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> hey, just for my yeah, next question. Like, yeah. um, so, we were talking about the fight. Unfortunately, I couldn't make it. Um, it was a wee bit strapped for cash at that time. But I remember watching it on... <laughs> Oh man, I remember watching it online. I was saying to my girlfriend Emma as well, like, and um, we need to watch this here. It's gonna be amazing. Like he's really good, and it was just so weird how how it worked out. Like your fight, because he went to take you down, and you had him. And was it in the guillotine? I had him in the. I went for a guillotine, but I just the gloves are so big. Because I, was, I wasn't just wearing the gloves, the padding, the wrapping was big, but also I was wearing like extra, extra long gloves. So mm-hmm. like, the gloves are just so big, I had here tight. And when I watched the video, I could have done some other things to get, get it even tighter. But I feel I was chasing it a little bit, and at the same time, I was trying to just make sure it didn't posture up. Mm-hmm. And then he postured up, I went for an armbar, I got the armbar, and my mind went... Because in Jiu-Jitsu tournaments, if you get an armbar as deep as I got it on him... The other guy is like, he wiggles and then he's like, ah, you caught me. Yeah. So, normally, you don't see a jiu-jitsu where someone grabs an armbar and just fucking tries to break it over your <laughs> yeah. arm. They're like, there's a mute, there's a bit of, like, you go hard, but there's like this unsaid mutual respect of yeah. like, if I got you, I got you. If you don't acknowledge that I got you, I'm breaking your arm. Yeah. That's when it goes. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I had that and I went there and I was like, I didn't, I went naturally extend and then I like stopped here intentionally knowing I I could feel I was hyper extending his hand mm-hmm. and then he just like shook himself out of it and I was oh, like yeah. oh yeah fight not to just do yeah so like he shrugged out of it and I got up in this weird position like where I had his arm bent and I was like this looks like it hurts him a lot but I know it's not a submission but I'm gonna try and it was nothing Mm-hmm. We got up, and the best part about it is like I kept receiving conflicting information. <laughs> at the start, I was being told like, "Oh, you don't don't worry, like uh, he's really bad at takedowns. He's really bad at the ground." I'm like, "Um, okay, <laughs> I hope he takes me down because I'm gonna murder him." Because <laughs> yeah. it's like, "Oh, he's a jiu-jitsu white belt." I'm like, "Wait, what? He's a white belt? Please go to the ground." Fucking hell! I didn't know that. I'm like at the I'm at the at the end of doing like 50 something jiu-jitsu matches winning 40 of them i'm like i've been seasoned in grappling at this point and i'm like he, he, he he's bad at grappling please take me down yeah then i'm hearing 30 minutes before the fight he's actually really good at takedowns and grappling i'm like fuck okay who was telling you, you this change tactics now who was telling you this it was Oh, it was Castro. <laughs> I know him. I know him. He's my friend. He's he knows good. everyone. He's good at tech now. <laughs> uh, it, was, it, was, it was funny. Um, but like, yeah. It, it was weird because I didn't... I think for that match, I have this thing where my kickboxing matches, I've found a way to control my adrenaline and my heart rate. And my, I, can, I stay calm during it. Like Ben says, for some guys, he has to like literally wake them up and like get them to hit pads and a whole bunch, you know, wake them up. For me, I can stay completely zen the entire time before the fight. And then the moment the fight's about to start, I can turn it on. That's I think I waited too long to turn it on because I got 
too much into that mentality. Where also I was dealing with like uh, fucked up ankle from a jiu-jitsu injury. Um, but more importantly, I, during the weight cut, I caught like a really, I caught COVID basically. I still to this day believe it was COVID because it was, in, even though it was in, in fucking November. What the it was it? Because it was all the symptoms. Huh? What the it was your fight? November 29th or some shit. Well, that's whenever coronavirus came out in China. COVID has been out since August, but you yeah. know, they said it came out in December. I assume it was COVID because like, if I breathed in, my entire sinus and my throat would completely dry up. Fuck. Like, completely dry and hot. So there was a point where I, um, during the fight, near the end, um, you might hear Jack saying, big finish, big finish, and I get a clinch and I get him up against the fence and I'm just like kneeing him, kneeing him mm-hmm. during those small shots. It's because it, uh, the whole fight, I'm trying to measure, I couldn't use my striking as much because I didn't want to take a deep breath. Yeah. My, everything was still fluid and I knew if I took small breaths, it was fine, but if I took a deep breath, the entire thing dried up and it dried up and it felt like you were gassed. It felt like you were really tired. Mm-hmm. Like, um, so I got, I got him up against the cage and the reason I was holding on and throwing little shots and they're like, big finish, big finish. I'm like, you don't understand? I breathed in deep and I don't know if I'm tired or if I'm just like, if everything's dried yeah. up right now. Because you really can't tell. Like during the, during the first round during the fight, I breathed in. I felt it all dried up and I felt like I was gassed. Like, you know, I just, the adrenaline that dumped. Yeah. But it wasn't. It was just, I was sick. Yeah. And I threw a jab or two and it was still fast and like, okay, so I'm not tired. But now I don't have a gauge of what tired is anymore yeah. because I just already feel like I'm tired. So usually you can pace yourself, but if you feel like you're already tired and you know you can't, you start throwing at a, I threw at a lower output because I knew, I didn't know what a high output would end up doing to me. Mm-hmm. So I ended up throwing at a lower output and he, my takedown defense was horrendous. Because most of the camp, I, I spent, I spent most of the camp not kicking or doing anything that could mess up my legs. Yeah, I, yeah, I barely could do any takedowns, barely could do any kicks for a while. Uh, that was that was an interesting fight, and I didn't feel nervous at all. I think the only one of the only few things I changed of that fight was the fact that I was I didn't activate, I didn't turn on early enough. I yeah. turned on right as I stepped in the cage. I started doing like these jumps in the air to get ready. Mm-hmm. That's when I started turning myself on to like getting ready, and I saw it even when I was like vibing to his entrance song when he's like coming out to Eminem, and I'm like bobbing my head. <laughs> I'm doing that for the sake of fun because I'm just like I'm too dumb to realize I'm in a bad situation. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like too in my head, in his head, he's talking. I'm gonna fuck this up. It's gonna be a fight. We will go to war. In my head, I'm like. I'm in my underwear in front of a bunch of people. <laughs> That's our <my> worst nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck did I do to end up here? Yeah. Like, I, like I'm so self-aware. It, at that point, it was to the detriment of me. Yeah. So, so was just like, what was the like, weight class? It, it, was, it was funny to me because, like, he's walking in. I'm vibing to his song because mine kind of fell flat. It wasn't, it wasn't as awesome as I thought it would be. Yeah. But, like... He comes out and he like stops staring me down and I'm just vibing down the phone and I catch it staring me down I'm like, oh, we're going to get staring contest. <laughs> I'm literally saying this in my head while he's staring me thinking, I'm going to kill this dude. I'm just like, yay, this is the first. <laughs> You're going to be first, not me. <laughs> You're not intimidating there, buddy. Yeah. I'm too stupid. You don't understand. <laughs> I'm too stupid to be afraid. <laughs> Fuck it, yeah. Well, 
So that that fight, was it middleweight or was it welterweight? That was a catchweight at middleweight. Oh, that was gotcha. supposed to be, that was 86 kilos. And what do you so walk around us? I'm going to be fighting at actual middleweight, which is 84 kilos. 84. And you walk around that way anyway, don't you? you About 90. COVID. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. COVID kicked in. Whoa, fucking hell, that is Jesus. That's a lot. It man. doesn't help that I'm like I'm doing weights now, so my body just likes packing on muscle. It's, it's a curse, really. It's such a terrible, terrible thing. I, I know it's in the genes. Very easily, it's a terrible thing. You've got I the good genes for it, mate. <laughs> but yeah, it's like my body wants to put on size and muscle because my dad's a fairly like thick person. Yeah, not fat, but like get. I can put on a fair bit of muscle fairly quickly. Yeah. And I'm, eat, I'm overeating, and I'm like, I've only put on one kilo of muscle or two. I'm supposed to be 88 is what I want to walk around at before a fight, because then I can yeah. cut down from that. Yeah. But I stepped on the scale at 94, yes, I hope Ben doesn't see this. <laughs> <laughs> no, he doesn't like me, he won't be watching this, or listening. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I stepped, I stepped on the scale yesterday, saw it at 94, and I was like, Oh, I haven't been 94 since, like, my first jiu-jitsu tournament two years ago. Fucking hell. Okay, then. Maybe I should start this diet and exercise thing. Oh, wait, I'm exercising. I'm just definitely not doing the diet part. <laughs> hey, well, man, I was going to say to yeah. you as well, um, so just for, like, uh, people who are listening, because I know there's a couple of guys from SBG who follow me, and there's a couple of guys I've been talking to as well who want to start MMA. Um, so how long have you been doing um like martial arts for like when did you make that jump to actually walk into the gym was it four years ago or five um hitting a heavy bag obsessively with a like fucked up calculated brain count <laughs> that's a psychopath you're gonna grow up to be a serial killer <laughs> pretty much my entire my entire striking repertoire everything most of the stuff you've seen for my striking repertoire besides like Hiding an upstream of my technique, the kicks and all that came from the fact that I had a heavy bag Man, and I okay. just kicked it and hit it a bunch. And it's to the point where I do the thing where if I stepped out and I was supposed to hit the heavy bag for two hours, I'd be watching the video that go, everything you're doing wrong. And then I'd record myself, see what I'm doing wrong, obsess about that, correct it, and constantly keep correcting every single thing I did. Yeah, I'd okay. constantly keep trying to use different footwork patterns and all this other shit. So it wasn't just like the thing, you know, guy goes to the backyard and just Kembo oh, Slice. Trainer, I hit the back. Like, <laughs> bags don't hit back. So that that was one of the things also I'm just like I don't want a situation where I was silly. So my brain was just like, bags don't hit back, you should move like this bags don't hit back. Ah, so training good. like that, I did that for like five years. Mm-hmm. But then I stepped in the gym. Hi, sorry, how old were you as well? Huh? What age were you when you were like doing like five years just punching a bag in your back garden? Uh, I think I was like 22? 22? Yeah, I be 22 I think. And then when did you yeah, walk in the gym? Like, when did I join the gym? I joined the gym in 2017. I was 24 maybe? 24? Okay, cool. Yeah, I think 24. Yeah, because I'm 27 this year and I joined the gym three years ago. So, so you didn't do any martial arts beforehand? Like you weren't doing any karate or taekwondo whenever you were younger? Nah. I, I, I watched a whole bunch of like kung fu 
movies and would yeah. like, imitate. But well, I want to give you a good compliment here, mate. See, you're probably one of the best guys in the SBG gym, and I could speak for everyone who goes to that gym. Um, there's like a certain group of you that everyone knows who's the ones that you don't want to fuck about with in sparring. So for everyone who's uh, listening and watching, Alfred started... Or Alfred went into an MMA gym whenever he was 24. So anyone who's listening and wants to do it, it's never too late. You don't have to be fucking six years old doing karate or taekwondo. It helps. It helps. <laughs> it does help. It does help. So I, I do get that. The, the funny thing is, uh, during quarantine, I spot a guy who was... Um, this guy named uh, this guy named Bucky. Like I spot him, and he's like twenty and a jiu-jitsu black belt, and his boxing was tight as hell. And he's he's just been sparring training since he was young. Um, but like the age thing, it depends on what you. Even if it doesn't even depend on what you want. Like if you're trying to be the if you're trying to be the middleweight champion of the world and you're fifty. Maybe check your rear <laughs> Yo, Mario. Maybe, 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 maybe bring the expectations more to like, I want to be an international champion. That yeah. might work. Yeah. Right? So like, yeah. But if you're like in your early 20s, and even if you're in your early 30s, join the gym. If you want to fight and you want to test yourself, you can do that at any age. There is, There will be an avenue for you to fight someone who's up the same level as you that you can, both of you can test yourself. If you want to learn how to defend yourself, that you can do at any age regardless, and I encourage it at any age, especially in jiu-jitsu. Yeah. It's always just, there's no, there's no such thing as being too late. I would have been the person that if you took me in 2017 or 2013 even better, and you said, this guy wants to be a fighter, Here's his age, here's his current eating habits, here's his current <laughs> time-spending habits, here's the body that he, here's what he's done to his body over the course of the last 20 years. Anyone who ever would doubt anyone would be like, yeah, no, he's never going to doubt He's ne- not on your life. I'll bet you all the money I've, like, the things I was back then are, yeah, it's, it, it's never too late. It, all you really need to do if you ever want to become a fighter, if you ever want to get better, if you're already training and you're training at a year, training anywhere in MMA, is, is you just have to show up. Yeah. That's, That's the big secret to all this, to anyone's success. No matter what champion you look up to, no matter what anyone you look up to, you just have to show up. Mm-hmm. That's it. Show up as many days. If you can't show up every day, show up as many days as you can. And you have to be honest with yourself that are you showing up as many days as you can or are you showing up as many days as you want? Because mm. there's a difference there. When I joined SPG, the reason I may have gotten as good as I've gotten is because I just showed up every day. Yeah. Every single day, I just showed up. And um, around 20, I think I had my biggest leap was 2019 was last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2019 was my biggest leap because I had no attachments to anything and I could show up to class every single day. Yeah. And I'd not just show up to class. I'd show up to class, and then I'd stay for Jiu-Jitsu Foundation. Mm-hmm. Then I'd stay for Jiu-Jitsu Cap. And I'd be leaving at 9 o'clock. And that, that's just it. You just show up every day, you will get better. Yeah. That's the big trick there. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. You could show up every single day and just watch class. Yeah. 
you don't even need to train. You can show up every day and watch class. You will get significantly better well, if you showed up. Just once. yeah, just to speak on that point. Um, whenever I joined, I joined a year and a half ago, I think it was, and I was living quite far away from the gym, and I think it was like an hour and an hour and a half away from the gym, and. I was only committing two days a week and then six months or no it was three months of doing that and then I took a break for a couple of months and then I came back to the gym and I had moved closer to the gym and I started coming every single night and the fucking difference within like one week of going I was like whoa going all the time actually fucking works <laughs> oh yeah it, it, it works it's one of the reasons it's hilarious I moved out of my parents' place because Dan, Coach Dan, is a jiu-jitsu coach. Uh, Brown Belt and oh, yeah, Dan, yeah. He, he told me, he's like, like I was saying, uh, he's like, when are you going to keep coming? When are you going to come to jiu-jitsu? Because I'd only do, like, the first class and I'd have to go because I lived in Campbelltown. Campbelltown right. is about two hours away by public transport. Fuck. So I'd have, if I did it, so for instance, so if I needed to get to SBG by 5.30, mm-hmm. I'd have to leave at 3.30. Right, okay, yeah, yeah. So if I needed to get home, also, yeah, so the buses and stuff stop go, going in certain places. Like in Campbelltown, they wouldn't, they'd stop around 10. Yeah. They, they start coming every hour as opposed to every 30 minutes or every mm-hmm. 20 minutes. And so if I needed to get home, I'd have to leave, I'd have to make sure I left by around 8 maximum yeah maximum and I'm, even if I left around 8 I'd get home at 12 o'clock at night so ah. it was a situation where I could only do that one class and I wanted to I wanted to move luckily I got I got my first job during that and I wanted to move out but it was that situation where you moving out of your parents place for the first time and my, I've got like a pretty tight family unit so we kind of yeah. like no one moves out I'm the only one who's moved out of my family how many brothers. how many brothers and sisters do you have uh, uh, my older sister, she has her and her family, and then there's my older brother and my little brother, so three siblings. Right, and are any of them, uh, are any of them involved in like martial arts or anything, or is it just solely you? No, it's just solely me, and I'm gonna drag my sister's children and make. Them. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna be the cool uncle. <laughs> I have, dude, I had like. This one Peter, I have an Instagram video of me just wrestling him. He just naturally knows the position, and he's oh. got that DC kind of body and strength. Yeah. He's just like, please give him to me. <laughs> I can make him a champion. Damn Let me mold him. <laughs> he's got like, he's got, he's got the perfect body for it too, because he's like thick and chunky enough where he's got that inbuilt base of strength, mm-hmm. but he's long, so yeah. he's like DC with long hands. And uh. height. So he's like DC <laughs> with long hands and height. It's like, this is perfect combination. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's like, just give him, give him to me. Because I've been training him low-key. I've been like legitimately training him and holding pads for him since he was like, I think since he was two. That's amazing, man. I'm just like, oh, he's, he's good. It's just I haven't, I, I haven't been able to train him much recently in yeah. a while. But like, ah, uh, I, if I could get him, that would be quite That and the little one also, the, his youngest brother. His youngest brother would just watch us doing stuff, and then he'd just show up like 
stumbling <laughs> on my baby to do it, stop hitting the fucking, kicking the bag. That was the weirdest one because I was trying to teach him, how, uh, teach the oldest one how to kick the bag properly. Yeah. He just couldn't do it. And the little one, this tiny, like, eight-month-old or something, he just walks up and just starts kicking the bag. I'm like, <laughs> you see, like, ha, ha, ha. And then I look down and I'm like, that's actually decent technique. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> funny. He just hits the bag. I'm like, okay, so you got like two monsters here. You just gotta, just gotta let him, let him kill, let him kill them. Fuck! <laughs> uh, you should get them in the jiu jitsu. That'd be fucking brilliant. I would, but they, uh, their parents know how to get me. It's like, yeah, fine. Then you pay for it. Ugh. Ah, fuck you. Oh, that hurts. Oh, <laughs> that hurt me, right? That hurt me just where it hurt the paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fucking hell. Um, what else? That's what I was going to say to you. Um, we sort of touched on why you got into MMA, how your first MMA fight went. Oh, yes, that's what I was going to say to you. Um, so what about the actual video for the MMA uh, fight, your first fight? Because I know people obviously want to sort of see and look at what you're all about. Um, have you got that online? Yeah, I have that online. I should have that on a website called Streamable, so you can watch it on any link. Okay, sweet. You can send that to me. Currently got 60,000 yeah. views. Oh, 60,000? Fucking hell. That's amazing. I'm, I'm a social media genius. Yeah. That's why. Fucking right. <laughs> you need to give me all your followers. Huh? You have to give me all those followers. Get them subscribing. Uh, I don't have many followers. I just know where to post shit. <laughs> oh, okay, good. Dark web. For, for the most part, it, the internet is really like the. I don't. Know, you just gotta know where to post. Where to post shit if yeah. you want to get a following thing. Yeah. That's that's really all it is. If you know where to post the different things, and then you just post as many of it as possible. Well, there, that that's so true because whenever like new apps come out, like did you spurt? Did you just burp? No, I like was uh, doing the fake shock thing because uh, <laughs> I counted it. Uh, my counter apparently has been permanently suspended. I thought you burped. I was like, Which come on, we're a bit classy on this podcast. Now nah, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, uh, whenever TikTok first came out, I was like, fucking hell, should I get on top of this and like start doing videos? I came into it a bit late and then I realised that all the videos that people were doing and I was thinking about it was already done and I was like shit I fucking missed this opportunity and like you see the likes of like Gary V and stuff like that on Instagram he's like you need to get on the TikTok you need to get on it straight away there's there's so much happening right now it's better on Instagram it's better than Facebook all this here shit and then I was like fuck's sake I'm late to the party but there's probably going to be a new app and it's going to be the exact you same probably, as TikTok. You, you, probably, you probably did fine there considering that app's going to get banned. Yeah, true, with China, China fucking listening in. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, man, it's, I, it's not the best. It's not the best, the best site on the planet right now. No, <laughs> definitely not. I, I had it and I was like, I, there was a point where on TikTok where I was just like, oh, this is fun. And then I realized it's one joke called a million times by the same person over and over again yeah they can kind of get famous yeah like exactly one person does a, does a joke and then everyone else just does a voiceover of that joke yeah and there's occasionally some funny people but there's so much scroll. it's the reason I got off 4chan to begin with because <laughs> 4chan is amazing because there'll be that one or two joke that is the most amazingly you'll die laughing you're yeah. like 
It's so self-aware. This is an amazing joke. And then the rest of it is just pure shit. Yeah. The vile stuff you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> and at first you're like... My kind of cup scrolling, of tea. Scrolling, scrolling, absorbing shit. And then... <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> more, more, more shit. And I, I, got used, I got used to it and got annoyed by it. And that's when I ended up... Just, I dumped... Uh, that's when I dumped 4chan. And then when I realized that's what TikTok was... Yeah. I was like, okay, I, I don't need to do this again. Here, how do you feel about, because I know you're quite political, I seen you walking about with a MAGA hat on, and you said to me that you were doing it just to fuck that's with everyone. That's not political. That's, <laughs> uh, that's a fashion statement. <laughs> you got to understand, during that man's presidential campaign was the greatest year of my college life ever. Well, there you go. For the entire time that he was trying to get elected and people were calling him isn't, I got to be the black guy who was a staunch Trump supporter <laughs> in a school filled with arts people. Arts people are extremely the other direction. Progressive as fuck. And like, if I was if I was white, holy shit, yeah. <laughs> I would have been somehow kicked out of the school. Yeah, definitely. Isms thrown at me and if every issue knows. Yeah, exactly. But because I was uniquely black and also because I knew their game plan so well, they couldn't question me. And if they did, one person did try and question me and I literally just, because it's shit politics. It's it's not just shit politics. It's a shit way of of really thinking when you stick yourself in such an ideological bend. Mm -hmm. Like you stick yourself in identity politics. Because if for someone like me who's a troll, I'm just a troll with, I don't care if I, like, mess with you or whatever, but if I was someone who was genuinely malicious and wanted to manipulate someone, I can manipulate people on the left extremely easily. Yeah. It doesn't take much, right? No, I mean, it doesn't. Everything they say, they, I could say the most outlandish thing, like, give me $100 mm-hmm. to someone on the left, and they could be like, why would we give you money? I'm like, why would you question giving a black man money. Exactly. Haven't you taken enough from my people? <laughs> Haven't you taken enough from my people? We come here, we fight everything. We'll impoverish people economically. You yourself have a better chance of remaking that hundred dollars than I do. Yet you can't even give a hundred dollars. Do you even care about black people? It's not fucking hard. <laughs> I felt a bit guilty there whenever you were talking. I was like, oh fuck, you're, I'll give you some money. Because <laughs> the, the way it works is it I don't like identity politics because it picks on people who are like, it's like, you know, the mob were like, we don't pick on people. We don't pick on regular people. You have to be involved with the mob for us to come after you. Yeah. The mob don't pick on civilians. Yeah. That's why I don't like the left when they play identity politics because they're yeah. not picking on other politicians and other people. Who well, them. at they're the moment, on the regular person yeah. who would actually feel bad if you gave them that scenario. Yeah, well, at the moment in America, that's what the fucking Democrats are doing. They're they've been doing it for years, though. They've been fucking taking the black vote, like from the Republicans. And then whenever you have people like Kanye West or like uh, Candace Owens coming out, people are like, "Oh no, they're they're just brainwashed. They've been paid by the Republicans." You're like, "No, they fucking are smart. They know what they're talking about." And it's like you. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's a situation where you need both. Both the left and the right seem to... The, the right currently is having a bunch of people... The only people who wanted to be politically and have a conversation have all kind of moved to the right because they've been kicked out of the left. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and people on the left would be like, oh, that's not what's happening. But then it's like, you think that's not what's happening because you're not the one getting kicked out. You're the one they let go fight their battle for them. Yeah. While they send regular people DMs with death threats and shit. Yeah. Fuck off. You're just, you're the useful idiot for them. Yeah. And you don't realize it. And the problem is like, there's two types, there's people who are like right wing and kind of knew this, but they took a completely right wing position and then they met people who are left wing. Mm-hmm. The problem is online. So people will take an online right wing position. Yeah. And then they'll meet a real life left wing person and realize, oh, you're not the three headed demon with blue hair that I thought yeah. you were. And then they go, I must have fucked up. And mm-hmm. then they'll swing the complete other Yeah, direction, that's so true. Not realizing yeah. you shouldn't have gone left or right at all. You should yeah. have been in the middle and realize this is just the internet. Yeah, everyone exactly. Everyone. Yeah. And the internet, everyone's trying to manipulate someone to give them something. I see that what you just said there that is brilliant what you said people are like right wing whenever they're talking to like their friends and family and stuff like that there but whenever and like online but then whenever they meet like a complete stranger just to fit in with the norm they'll just turn their politics straight to left and they'll be like if I say like what I'm really thinking the right wing shit I'm going to look like a dickhead and people are not going to like me because everyone wants to fit in nowadays it's fucking weird I wish people would just speak around it's because the left has managed to do one of like the greatest moves they can unless Trump wins again because if he does then it wraps you with a back I hope he wins but, just um, to troll America it's not looking good right now it's not no. looking good the, the polls were wrong the last time but these are yeah. the different polls the other polls were actually still right they thought Trump was going to win Yeah. those polls are now kind of saying is almost, and it feels like it, it genuinely feels like he's kind of decided you know what, fuck it, this job isn't worth yeah. the amount. I feel like a lot of people who didn't vote before. Point, I think it's more like there's just so much he has to deal with, with yeah. the virus and the thing and the thing, yeah. that he's just kind of packing it in. Well, I feel like he, people he, who didn't vote before, they will come and vote just to see the ending of all these protests, like all over the world. Like, if Trump is not the president anymore, all these fucking, like, there's... Like, there's people marching in Sydney during the coronavirus. We're coming through a relapse again. Do you know what I mean? There we go. This is what I wanted to talk to you about as well. What do you feel about the Black Lives Matter in Australia? I hope those people get hit by a flying bus or something. Holy fucking shit. That's a little stupid. What the fuck? Tell me your thoughts on that. First, they fucking protest the first time. Something that isn't fucking involving us, but whatever. Yeah. Like, I, I hate it because it's deceptive. Again, like I was saying, it's not it's not preying on other people who are politically active, who can argue against you politically and be like, hey, don't do that. It's preying against regular people who, when you tell them, oh, Aboriginal people are dying under police. They're dying from police brutality and uh, under police custody. 536 Aboriginal people have died under police, mm. uh, police custody in the last 10 years. They're playing on people who are regular people who be like, oh, I don't want people to die from that. That's yeah. terrible, and they want to death. Whereas if you like, were to meet someone politically and be like, I believe in this, they would have been like, 535 people, Aboriginal people have been arrested and died in police custody in the last 30 years is your mark. First of all, in those 30 years, how many Aboriginal people have been detained and arrested? And then compare that 530 numbers 
to that. It's most likely that's going to be like very negligible in the in the amount of people who've actually been arrested. Five mm-hmm. percent is the margin of error for everything. If you can't give something a five percent margin of error, you're being unrealistic. Yeah. You're trying to sell someone something. You're trying to yeah. sell someone, regardless of what position you are. If you're trying to be like, oh, the reason the left is doing this is because of this. It's like, is that in the five percent margin of error? Oh, yes, but they're still evil. It's like, no, it's in the margin of error. People are people. They're gonna make a mistake, and if you don't give them that five percent margin of error, you can manipulate anyone into doing anything. Yeah. And there's a situation where they'll take that that stat, which if you break down that stat, you can start asking, you can start poking holes in that simple stat. Like, okay, how many of those were negligence? Mm-hmm. You start taking away, and it's only five hundred and thirty-five people. You can start taking away a large chunk of them just by asking simple questions. How many were negligent? Yeah. How many had prior uh, conditions in themselves that ended up them dying not because of the yeah, that's of true. them being arrested? How many of them tried to kill a cop while they were there and died? There you go. How many of them were this? How mm-hmm. many of them were in a time like back in like the 80s here when it was like pretty fucking racist? Yeah. How many of them were that? And you, by the end of it, you'll probably have like 24, maybe say those 24 were built solely for the racist. 24, pe- 24 deaths in arrest is still a lot of people. It's fucking horrible that yeah. they died. But if we're talking factual, 24 people, okay, also, after that, of the 24 people, how many of those cops got arrested? Then you're like, you break it down to such a small amount of numbers where you're like, if you can't give the police and you can't give the situation that margin of error, that's impossible. Yeah. They should strive to not have any of that happen. But the simple fact of the matter is, you could die sitting on your couch watching TV. So the, the best story I like to say is, like, in, I think it was five years ago, someone was literally in their house and the truck fell out of the sky and hit him because it was being uh, flown over or something. Yeah, the plane, And the thing broke. And it just, random fucking truck smashed right through this dude's living room and killed him. What the fuck? If you're gonna, like, stop banning trucks because of that, we gotta stop having a conversation <laughs> like, okay, hold on. Yeah. Wait a second. Yeah. Trucks usually don't fly like yeah, that. Yeah, was the and guy black? Know, was the guy black sitting on the yeah. sofa? If you were black, there'd have been a mock or Trucks are racist. Trucks, trucks are like, fucking racist. now. <laughs> we must abolish all trucks that fly like people just they want but it's a situation where I've, I've discovered where it's like there's a small group of people who just they think the world is um should be the way they they think their world view is the right world view and everyone else should have that same world view and they're willing to do whatever it takes to get there yeah. whereas the bulk of people are really much like, as long as you leave me the fuck alone, I'll leave you the fuck alone. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's it. Most human beings are just like that. Let me live my life, I'll let you live your life. Obviously, within reason, we're also going to agree not to fuck kids. Uh, exactly, <laughs> and shit like Jeffrey that. Epstein. We're going to agree to certain things where if I start doing something abhorrent that we've all done this handshake agreement of society and said we're not agreeing to, then you come in and be like, hey man, fucking stop, you're getting arrested. Yeah. That's fine, we've all agreed to that. But then there's people who are like, well, if you agree to that, then why don't we agree to this? 
mm-hmm. this will make it better for them. It's like you, you think that it's like it's commies, and I, the reason I don't like commies as much is because capitalism is a system where the system is just there and you work within it. Yeah. Communism is a system where it directly, actively affects you if you do not adhere to it. Yeah, like you can have. Like, if I wanted to just redistribute, if I owned a billion dollar company and I wanted to just redistribute my wealth throughout my entire fucking place, I could fucking do it. Yeah. Like, it, I'd be allowed to. I might have to prove profitability because I'm still, still a capitalist, but yeah. I could do that. You could have communism within capitalism. You can't have the other one there. No. The other way around doesn't work officially. You can have like a black market, but that's, that's, not, that's not worth counting. Yeah. If you have communism full bloody communism as well as it's going you can't have any other system as an individual can I just uh, stop you on that point see people I fucking hate people who call themselves socialists and communists in Australia like in Sydney they're like oh yeah we want to make sure that it's uh, it's more like equal for everyone I'm like okay go live in fucking Venezuela or North Korea and see how equal it is dicks yeah, it's, it's a situation where they play with words, so you can't really, you don't want to be the guy who argues against, oh, you want everything equal. Mm. Yeah, that's fucking unrealistic, because then you sound like a dick, and that's what they're doing. They intentionally pick words, black yeah. lives matter. Okay, how about all the black kids that got shot in Chicago? Ah, make your own movement, stop trying to detract from our movement. Thanks yeah, exactly. Like, no, no, no. You called your movement specifically Black Lives Matter yeah. so that it would have that incendiary response mm-hmm. so that if I ever questioned you, like, if Black Lives Matter, then we should talk about black-on-black violence. Uh, well, you're just trying to detract. Okay, all lives matter. No, you're trying to detract because it's specifically about all black lives matter. And now they're saying this new thing where they're like, um, all lives won't matter till black lives matter. To then, it's... It, Circular talking because they don't want to address the fact that they just want a nice, they want a nice little thing you can't argue against. So the Antifa, for instance, calls itself anti-fascist. Yes. Because if you argue against them, hey, you guys are fascists, we can't be fascists, we're anti-fascists. Oh, come on. And they fucking, fucking put down people who try and talk like a freedom of speech, they try and put them down. Is that not like, fascist? These, <laughs> like, these people hit people with bike locks and crack skulls. Yeah, them, and milkshakes. And they show up and... They actively police uh, shops and shit and make it so that yeah. you basically have to put a sticker out on the front showing your support or else your shit's gonna get Oh, stopped. you're fucked. And it's like, no, we're not fascists. We're anti-fascists, bro. You know who else is anti-fascist? This old-timey 2002, World War Two record. Like, just because you pick the fucking name doesn't mean <laughs> you're immediately free from any and all consequences. I could call myself the non-murdering fucking angel saint. I went around stabbing motherfuckers to death. You, I can't, you can't just like, you're under arrest for killing people. I'm like, bro, come on. I'm, I'm the non-killer, bro. Come yeah, on. exactly. <laughs> Why would I kill someone if yeah. you're the name, bro? It's like, Black Lives Matter. Okay, how about all the black lives that were just lost in Chicago? Why are you talking about those ones? Because your name is Black Lives Matter. Yeah, it's but just you, a fit their narrative. the distinction. If you said police violence is wrong and that was your movement, I can't argue with you. Yeah. I have to agree with you because it's fucked up. We can, there's nothing I can say to that. 
But yeah. if you go Black Lives Matter, you're intentionally trying to make it seem like if you say anything against this, you don't think Black Lives Matter. Exactly. And it's so, so hard for white people as well to like talk about it. Yeah, they're, they're playing the word game, basically, where they can do whatever they want and say whatever they want and argue whatever political opinion they want using the Black Lives Matter tag. And if you say anything against it, then they're like, oh, so you don't think Black Lives Matter? So they no, they're no longer talking about the slogan. They're playing between the slogan and the movement. Yeah, the movement exactly. Is, oh, we need this political push because Black Lives Matter. Then you go, uh, no, that political push is a bit Marxist and we probably shouldn't. <laughs> We should discuss that. Then they're like, what? So you don't think, now all of a sudden they're not talking about the slogan, they're talking about the word for word. You don't think black people's lives matter? Yeah. All of a sudden you have to now start arguing, oh, wait, no, I like black people. I have black friends. Oh, fuck, you can't say that now. <laughs> uh, I, I, black people are fine. I, now all of a sudden they got you trapped, but now whatever you say, at that point it's like, oh, black people are fine. Fine. We should be just fine for you. Is that what we are? Just fine. We're dying on the streets and we're fucked. You can't say a single thing. Yeah, you there, can't and that's win. what they want. They want to purposely get you in a, they want trick a trap you. where they just shifted. All of a sudden, you're no longer asking about those policies they tried pushing politically. Yeah. You're arguing about the fact that, well, do you think black people's lives matter or not? It's, it's basically the uh, ver- uh, way of, if you call someone a virgin, there's no way for a guy to defend himself when we call the virgin without sounding like I'm a not virgin. virgin. <laughs> if you know, you're a virgin, you're like, no, I'm not. It's like, yeah. why, are you so, why, why do you say that so aggressively? No, I've had lots of sex, bro. Like, have you seen the... You know, you, have you watched 40 Year Old like, Virgin? No way. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's so this funny when we're like, yeah, have that. you ever touched a boot before? Uh, yeah, it's like a bag of sand. What the fuck? <laughs> like, you could say that to you, Hefner. You could walk up to you, Hefner, and be like, yeah, you're a virgin, you. There's nothing you can fucking say. Yeah. Like, you'd have to get one of the Playboy bunnies to walk out for him and say he isn't a virgin. And even then, you could argue like, yeah, he's paid to say that, you. <laughs> like, there's nothing you can really argue that won't make you look bad. Yeah. Which is why if someone says Black Lives Matter, there's nothing you can really argue that won't make you look like you're saying, no, they don't. Yeah. No, I totally so agree with you. The political agenda, while at the same time hiding behind the words that they put in front. But if you question them, like, okay, fine, if we're going to talk about Black Lives Mattering, how about the people who died? Then they have to go, oh, oh, oh. You're, you're, detra- you're distracting from the situation. You're just yeah. trying to distract us from the police brutality. Okay, pick and choose when you use the name then. What the fuck? <laughs> hey, Roman, I just want to like, say, um, I think. What's coming up to an iron? So, um, I'm really happy that you came on the podcast and you talked about everything. It was great. I think people who um, are aspiring to be MMA fighters will take something away from it. You went through sort of the feelings, how you got into it, and stuff like that, which is brilliant. Um, yeah. Just for people um, to try and or to look to see where you are and like where you're from and stuff like that. There, do you, you just have Instagram or do you have Facebook or anything like that there? I have Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. Uh, whoa. Whoa, let's not go there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't give it your, your, uh, your tag there for Twitter. Uh, let, <laughs> and, let, let, let's just say I, I've got some, um, 
I, I still have some troll tendencies and a lot of my accounts. There's a reason <laughs> my name is Jack Maker as opposed to my actual name on all my accounts. Yeah. I come from a time when if you're on the internet, the first thing I was ever told by my older brother when I made a PlayStation account, I made my PlayStation account with my first and second name, last name. Oh, that's and my not good. Like, what the fuck? My yeah. brother's like, what the fuck would you do that? Dude, you don't want <laughs> people knowing who you are. Yeah. And since then, like, I've been so reluctant to put my actual name out on anything. So I have yeah. a fuck ton of accounts on different things would just name but that's I mean, smart though like, like that's what I would do whenever I was younger I wouldn't put out anything like that um, but I feel like when we lost that is when shit got fucked up because someone realised someone realised when it came to that that oh if we're all like you know Beastmaster 76 if we're having an argument I can't bring my race or my I can't bring anything because even if I was like hey I'm actually black it's like you don't yeah. fucking know that it's the internet you could be a dog for all I care yeah exactly so you actually have to argue on the merit of your argument <laughs> you can't bring identity politics into yeah. it someone realized that and then they started just interjecting their, uh, their um, what's called real life personas into whatever they were doing yeah. so they started by putting their first and last name and then constantly I'm like I'm a black this I'm a this this I'm a yeah. and then they, they wanted to be realistic and the moment they took anonymity away from the internet one we lost a shit ton of privacy and two now it's everyone's sort of fair game at this point and now you have a whole bunch of kids who are growing up on the internet not realizing if you're going to make a bullshit account yeah you probably shouldn't put your first and last name in it and your <laughs> so what is your tag what is your tag for instagram for people to look at you then it's Jack. If you check the chat, I can write it down. It's Jack Maker. Oh, yeah. Maker Jack. There we go. Maker Maker Jack on Instagram. Um, yeah, we can just do Instagram for now. Yeah, Facebook sure. is the same thing also, but it links to my Instagram. So you, if you can find one, you'll find the other. Okay, great. I post mostly on Facebook. On and you've sent though. me the uh, you sent me the link as well for the video. So what I'll do for people who are listening, I'll put the link into the description. I'll also put uh, Alfred's. Uh, name tag for instagram and description as well and go check them out but um yeah i want to i think we could wrap it up but alfred thanks very much for joining me i know it's a bit of struggle trying to get us on tonight but i'm glad that you came on yeah man thanks thanks for letting me ramble i do this often <laughs> <laughs> no it's cool man it's all good i ramble and people are just roll eye roll so the people will be eye rolling this so no it's fine yeah. i'm sure everyone will find it one last thing, for anyone who yeah. wants to compete or start fighting or just start training in MMA and they have even a passing interest, I say don't think about how old you are, don't think about your weight, don't think about anything. Show up to a gym, preferably SPG Australia. <laughs> um, show up to a gym and just train. Show up every day, even if you suck, especially if you suck. Because mm-hmm. you'll suck for a while, but yeah. then you'll get good and then you won't suck. And that'll be the greatest feeling ever. Brilliant. So like, yeah, you'll suck for a while. Anything worth doing, you're going to suck for a while, regardless yeah. of what it is. No, that's amazing, man. Thank you very much for going out on that note. Um, yeah, join us uh, next week, and we'll be joined by someone who's a mental health advocate. Going to get them on the show, and it should oh, be very I interesting. Show up for that one. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much, Alfred. my CTE. How severe is it? <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks very much. <laughs>